Hello, and welcome to Service Provider Confidential. This is a new podcast series presented by Akamai to provide our ISP and MNO listeners relevant and timely insights in a way that's approachable for business, technical, and operational audiences. I'm the host, Bruce Van Nice, and I'm a senior manager of product marketing in Akamai's carrier division. Today, we're going to talk about mobile security. I'd like to introduce Arlen Frew. He's a business development director in Akamai's carrier division who will offer his perspectives on the market and some of the work Akamai is doing. Arlen? Great. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, so I, a quick background on myself, just so you understand the perspective I've been coming from. I uh, spent most of my career to, to this point in the product management uh, side of the house uh, before I moved into BizDev, but still uh, kind of intimately involved in uh, product strategy, um, strategic partnerships, and a, and a little bit of M&A work on, uh, from the Akamai side. Um, but I've been doing network, network security, and cloud security work for, for most of that uh, kind of career arc. Great. Thanks, Arlen. Let's just start right in. Uh, could you talk for a bit about why mobile security is important? You've had a lot of engagements and probably have a strong sense from that. Yeah. Uh, so mobile, the, the world's increasingly mobile, right? That, that we, we all have the experiences ourselves. There are more mobile devices uh, on the planet than there are people. And in certain parts of the world, it's a, it's a mobile first and even primarily mobile uh, experience. You know, most of their whether it's schooling or interaction with the internet, is done uh, from a mobile device. So, you know, laptops and, and other things are kind of certainly a decreasing percentage of, uh, of platforms. And there are things that are mobile specific from a, uh, a management point of view, a performance point of view, and, and certainly a security point of view um, that just don't exist on, on other technical platforms. I think you had some insights into how the mobile experience breaks down. Could you comment a bit on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I think just the, if you look at those three kind of vectors from you know protection and security, privacy and performance, um, you know every area of those is is an area where um, the device or our experience of it, it breaks down a little bit. I, if you just take it one at a time uh, from protection and, and security, the internet's a dangerous place. I don't think that that's a shocking news item to anyone. Um, but there are challenges when you're experiencing that internet on a really small screen. There, there are characters, uh, if you take just a very simple threat where you're being driven to a website that, that looks legitimate, but the URL is completely wrong. Um, and so that's going to be typical in your kind of classic phishing threats where somebody sends you an email, hey, you need to update your username and password, click here. And when you're doing that on a small four or five inch screen, you actually can't see the, the URL in that case. And so that's one of those kind of clues that, that, that lets you know that you're not at a legitimate site, just as a, you know, one example. Other areas where mobile has some really unique kind of threat vectors is there's a thing called puny code, which is really it's if you start to see emojis in the URLs of websites that you might be going to, an emoji is natural to the the mobile platform, right? That they're they're kind of how we react to our our friends when we're texting and, and doing other things, and so it's natural to kind of see them on that device. Yet when they're in a, a URL, often they're hiding the kind of the characters that would kind of tip you off like, hey, this is probably not a legitimate um, destination to go to. And you're starting to see that in the, the very same kind of phishing uh, kind of exploits that I was just pointing to. Um, so that's, that's one area. I think the, the other really important um, vector here is privacy. So a lot of it, which is separate and distinct from security. 
there are so many open Wi-Fi access points uh, and, and, and your phone is actually going to want to prefer the Wi-Fi signal in a lot of cases. So it's constantly looking for it. I think one of the, the times that uh, this really kind of had one of those light bulb moments for myself was that I'd, I'd gone to the office. It was the, one of the first times I had uh, our SPS remote beta uh, running on my iPhone. And just walking from the garage to our lobby, I realized that my phone had connected to four or five different open Wi-Fi access points that were all connected to different lab setups or engineering setups, one in the building that, that we were in, and also a couple of the other buildings that I walked by. And so if your phone's connecting to these things and you're not aware of it, they can be snooping on you. They're, they're understanding what, like what your iPhone name is on the network, all kinds of things like that, where your privacy is actually being uh, maybe not so much exploited uh, intentionally, but certainly um, we could do a much better job uh, of making sure that, that people's traffic is uh, controlled and uh, obscure from, from, from who it should be. And then maybe the third dimension of it, which I think is really important, is the performance uh, itself. So, and, and performance can mean anything from optimizing the bandwidth of what's coming to the phone. So, can you do things like making sure that uh, uh, videos aren't, aren't being streamed in 4K. You know, it should just be uh, 1080p, uh, for example, because the, the bandwidth for a 4K stream is, you know, massively larger than uh, than 1080p, and you can't actually vi- physically see the difference on, on a screen that small. So can we do things um, on the phone that, that can manage that kind of uh, bandwidth consumption? More of a um, small use case, but one I think a lot of us run into all the time is when you walk away from a a, a Wi-Fi access point. Say, if I go from you know, my house to my garage to to get in my car, there's a period of time where my internet connect- connectivity stops, and it's because I'm out of range of the access point in my house, and yet cellular hasn't picked up yet. And so there's a technique called channel bonding that, that we use to kind of solve that use case uh, as well. And so that's a more from a kind of holistic customer experience point of view. It, it's a nice to have. It's not something that people are necessarily going to buy on their own. But for our perspective, we like to, to consider just as, as part of the bundle of, of delivering a kind of an optimal um, Internet experience. Great. Well, one of the things you've been very active in is, is kind of working on the product strategy. Could you talk a bit about what, what Akamai is doing yeah, absolutely. Um, so SPS Remote uh, really came out of a broader, what we call the carrier edge strategy. So um, we already have technology that's that's running inside the core carrier network. You're not basically connecting to the internet without going through uh, Akamai DNS uh, at this point for a large section of, of, of the world. But we started to think about it from the view of really the, the operator, the really the, the product owner at the operator. You know, what, what are they concerned about? And when someone buys a connection from them, what does the operator do? Well, they send you a, a gateway or a CPU device or they send you a mobile device. And our, our strategy has always been we're already in the core. We need to make sure that we're operating you know, seamlessly with the CPU devices and, and absolutely well on the mobile devices. And whatever we can do to make that a, a better, safer, more performant uh, experience for their subscriber, that's going to be good business for us. And so that's really where SPS Remote um, originated from uh, in the beginning. I know you've had many, many, many discussions with, uh, with providers everywhere in the world. Could you talk a bit about some of those interactions, what the feedback's been, just some of the business issues you've discussed, uh, operational considerations. It's always central 
to them, any sort of technical considerations that, that tended to come up and, and be visible. If you could just comment a bit on those, that would be great. I think the, um, there are a couple like broader themes that, that emerge. So one, carriers in general don't see themselves as uh, security vendors, right? So they, they want help in positioning and, and selling and, and managing anything that, that their end subscriber is going to um, uh, use really at the end of the day. And so I think we understood that from the beginning and really built this set of offerings, really the entire SPS portfolio from the ground up to be uh, sold and managed from the carrier, right? This is not, we don't, we don't go direct uh, to anyone with, with any of these products. Um, and so they're built for the carrier to support their subscriber base um, and, and give them, you know, safer, more private and, and more performant uh, products, products at the end of the day. Um, but also that they integrate into um, the rest of the kind of core network offering. So it's integrated into kind of the internet packages that you're buying anyway, right? So it's not just something that's like an add-on, but it's really core to um, the, the thing that the, one of the things that the carrier cares about most, which is the bandwidth that they're delivering and your overall internet experience. And I think that was kind of the um, kind of our north star, as it were, when we were developing the, the SPS portfolio. Was how do we stitch, how do we build this in a way um, that the subscribers getting all the benefits that we've talked about, but that the carrier can really be the expert um, and really and literally put their name um, on this product the same way that they do uh, the rest of their kind of internet uh, access uh, products. Any closing thought on uh, how ISPs and mobile network operators should move forward? So first, I think the, the right answer is simply to, to go to Akamai.com um, and, and contact us. Uh, I know we're going to give you the, the right email address and at the end of this podcast. Um, but our portfolio, both on the carrier side and on the mobile side, is, I think, a lot broader um, and a lot deeper than people know. Um, you know, Akamai is, is clearly the leader in, in content delivery networks. Um, but we also, I think, a very impressive, you know, nearly a billion dollars in ARR security business, which includes our, our carrier and, and, and mobile offerings. You know, on, on top of that, we, we've just acquired uh, a, some fantastic new technology uh, out of Dublin, Ireland, a company called Ozavi, the SIM-based uh, kind of multi-network operator use cases. So it's zero software needed to be installed, private networks offered from the, the carrier um, to their kind of enterprise and, and, and SME uh, kind of customers. It's a very exciting technology. And I think as we move forward into a 5G and a whole set of industrial IoT use cases, um, there's some really exciting things that we're going to be able to do uh, there as well, but you know, probably does, deserves its own podcast. Great. Thank you for your thoughts, Arlen. Uh, there'll be many more of these podcasts, as Arlen mentioned. Uh, one of the upcoming ones, we'll talk a bit more about what we're doing with Asavi. Uh, if you're interested in more information on this topic, you can go to Akamai.com and look under Network Operator, or you can send an email to carrier at Akamai.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>